if you would pray for me, that would be most gracious of you. Father, we thank you so much for this time together today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit that is here today to strengthen us, to cause us to mature, to cause us to grow into being images of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we ask you for, to put a, a spirit of strength in our hearts today, Lord, that you'd awaken us, that you'd stir us in the things of the spirit and the, the things that you seek to do through our lives. And Father, there'd be a real sense of connection, of purposefulness, of in, uh, interaction with you, your will, and your desire for us. And Lord, I ask, Father, for each person, Lord, today, that they would receive a deposit from heaven, Lord, something that would ignite them in their prayer, something that would ignite them in their desire for you, something that would stir them to lay hold of you and see your glory released in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Did you pray for me? Are you sure? Good. I, you must have been silent praying. <laughs> now, um, Today, we are going to be covering the topic, Effective Fervent Prayer, and I want you to prepare your minds right from the very beginning, that we're going to be praying today. Amen? Amen. Now, this will be, this will be a sermon with, with a, the twist of focusing on prayer, intentional prayer, and laying hold of God. Amen? So let's keep that in our minds. You might be sitting down now, but you'll be standing up soon, and then sitting down, and standing, and sitting, and standing, and sitting. Amen? <laughs> the excitement levels dropped just all the way down. <laughs> but my goal today is to inspire you and challenge you when it comes to praying and seeking God. Uh, this series that we're looking at today is to become strong in spirit, to become champions in the kingdom of God. Now, God wants all of us to become strong in spirit. Let's position it like this. I can guarantee you if you take the principles we cover in these four weeks and you put them into practice, you will have your spiritual six-pack within four weeks. Some of you need your spiritual six-pack. Amen? Some of you need some muscles in the spirit. Let me talk to you practically what, what I'm talking about. Me and my friend Alex, he's one of the Bible school students. We've had a great launch the year this year, 10 first years and seven second years, but we're looking for January when uh, Artie Kendall is showing up, and you're most welcome to apply and join us for them. But me and Alex, we were friends all of last year, and we started to work out. And Alex, you know, he's a bit of a fitness freak, and me, I love my food. I've told you that before, we've had this conversation. Um, and so we were, we were in this debate, you know, um, and he was saying, Gabriel, why don't you justify the food you eat by starting to work out with me? I was like, okay. And then as we started to work out, he started to introduce this idea of the 300 challenge. Now there is such a workout called the 300 challenge. Now Steve-O is ready for it. He's, he's fit, he's ready, he's raring to go. Now this 300 challenge is six different sets of 50 of each exercise. So it's doing 50 chin-ups, 50 press-ups, 50 deadlifts, 50 floor wipers, 50 clean and press, 50 box jumps. It's crazy. And it takes 20 three to 25 minutes for a reasonable, reasonable no, 20 to 25 for a good person in good physical condition. Um, someone in my condition, and when I started, I wasn't even finishing it. <laughs> but after about six weeks, we suddenly started to get in a groove, and I was able to finish it in 22 minutes, and we've been working to whittle it down. And then Alex went away for the summer. Oh, and so I stopped working out for the summer, and obviously you know that I got married and my wife feeds me very well. And so, I'm back in this place of needing to start again, starting at the working out and starting at building up those physical muscles. Whereas these guys are lean, they're ready to go. If they did it today, they'd probably do it in 19 minutes or something like that. Isn't that right, Steve? 
But let's look at that now spiritually speaking. Let's take those physical analogies and flick it onto the things of the Spirit. And I wonder if you've ever thought about your condition spiritually. Now, I know physical condition. If, you, if you've not exercised, you get up and you try and go for a run. Well, what happens is the next day your feet hurt, your muscles hurt, your back might hurt. If you're lifting weights, your, your, your muscles will certainly hurt. But then when you're in the flow, they don't hurt anymore. Actually feel like you're getting stronger. Now, you flick it onto spirituality, you, you might sit down and pray for five minutes, ten minutes, and start to stir yourself and start to seek God, and then the next day you're like, oh my God, I don't want to pray for a week. That five minutes took it out of me. But then when you start to practice prayer and get into prayer and seek God in prayer, you begin to see that that prayer not only brings you to a place of spiritual fitness, where you're lean, where you're ready, where you get up and you're full of energy and you're ready to go, but you also begin to achieve targets and see things move in the spiritual realm. If you're in a physical realm looking at a 100 kg weight that you want to deadlift and you haven't deadlifted before, you might think, wow, that's a crazy lot of weight. But you hit 100, then you hit 120, then you hit 140, you start to hit new goals and new goals and see new things happen because you've been diligent and pressed through and broken through. Same things in the spirit. If you find yourself always struggling in the same situation, maybe it's an issue of prayer that you need to break through in prayer. Maybe you find yourself lethargic, lazy when it comes to prayer, lazy when it comes to the things of God, struggling to overcome sin, struggling to get excited in worship, struggling to get excited about sharing the gospel. Maybe it's a prayer issue that you need to start to bring before God and pray specifically and diligently for and get yourself spiritually strong. Maybe you've been waiting years for people to get saved. Maybe it's a prayer issue where you need to get spiritually strong and pray effectively so that people get saved on a regular basis through your life. These are all issues that reflect back onto the state of spirituality that we have. Now, some of us are probably sitting there thinking, Gabriel, God bless you, but you don't know the list of issues I'm dealing with right now. I'm in a relationship that I don't want to be in where my boyfriend or girlfriend is just giving me a hard time all the time and I don't know how to break up with them. I'm struggling all the time with my non-Christian family who keep trying to prevent me from going to church, and I don't know how I'm supposed to move forward with that. I'm supposed to have a job because I got a degree, but right now I'm cleaning because I couldn't get anything else to do and I need to feed myself. You don't know the issues I'm struggling with. Hold on a second. Pretty much everybody has started somewhere. And I've been through some of those exact self-same situations myself working and cleaning in the church and helping out on, on the lower levels before even doing anything even remotely related to the platform. So I know what I'm kind of ministering to you, but I want us to get into this frame of mind that actually the principle of prayer that God has given us is gonna give us the skills and the tools that we need to break through and see change happen. I'm kind of jumping into my message, but I wanted to lay a stronger foundation and we'll come back to it. The whole series is therefore gonna look at having an effective, fervent prayer life, walking in the power of the Spirit, making wise decisions. So important that we make wise decisions. If we keep making foolish decisions, it's like getting on the snake um, when we're playing snakes and ladders. You just slide all the way back to zero and try to start again. And we're also gonna look at how to move those mountains that seem to appear in our way. Move those mountains by faith. So by the end of these four weeks, our goal if you apply these principles, is that you will feel lighter, that the burden and the pressure and the stress that you're carrying will be lifted off you, that your brain and your mind will be clearer so that you can effectively do what God has given for you to do. 
you will be leaner. So the things that you study spiritually, the word that you sit under each week, the things that you put in your heart, Lord, that they would bring forth fuel for prayer, fuel to see breakthrough. They would be more full of faith, more full of faith to believe God for the impossible. And then finally, this might be gold for some of you, that you would have time to do what you enjoy. Have you ever thought about it, that an effective spiritual life will give you time to do what you enjoy? Some of, some of us think in these terms that, you know, like there's effective spiritual life, that's going to cost me half an hour a day, an hour a day. Can't afford that time. Can't afford that time because I'm so busy. I'm busy from 8 a.m. all the way through till 10 p.m., 11 p.m. at night. I can't also give another half hour to the things of God. But I can guarantee you, I can actually guarantee you this, that when you put God first and have a strong spiritual life, you'll find that you get everything done by seven or by five. And you start to free up time that you can do the stuff that you want to enjoy. You know, God actually wants you to enjoy life. Even when you come to church on Sundays. Have you thought of that? Maybe some of your faces could do with some reminding about what you're thinking about right now. God bless you. Amen. So you with me? Now, what am I talking about? Effective, fervent prayer. I just want to give you a few testimonies before we get into effective, fervent prayer. Um, a, a cell group most recently, a, a, a guy got hit by a motorbike. His leg was driven into, broke his um, bones here in four places and was in agony. And the cell prayed for him. And in a week, inside a week, they took the cast off, gave him a moon boot, and now his moon boot is gone. And the x-rays, within two weeks, have zero breaks when held up to the one that has four breaks. Now, we all know that six weeks is how long a bone takes to heal. And then you have the other healing on top of that, the muscular problems that have developed over six weeks and all of that. Inside two weeks, that bone is healed, and he's walking fine and we're going to have those x-rays to show you in, a, in an article in the Revival Times because it's worth you guys knowing about this. Effective, fervent prayer. Or another girl who comes, non-Christian, comes for prayer about cancer. And when they're praying for her, she starts to experience the power of God. Didn't even know what it was. She's like, what's happening to me? I feel this presence. I feel God here. What is this? And she went, got a scan, and the, the tumor had already shrunk. And then she went and got another scan a week later, and it had disappeared. And her, her doctor said to her, I don't believe this. I want to send you for another test. Now, we'll get those results and show those to you as well. Effective, fervent prayer. Or maybe you're thinking about more of a, a regular situation aside from healing. I know guys who've got on their knees. They've needed to go to school. They've needed to study. And they've got on their knees and said, God, you know what? I need your provision for my school fees. All of the school fees arriving in their account supernaturally the week before they need to start school. Maybe you're in a situation where you're looking for a job. I know countless people that when they've sat down with God on a regular basis and said, God, you know, I'm believing you for your path for my life, the doors get open and they get provided a job that they've been looking for and that perfectly suits them, perfectly fits them, and is an opportunity for them to grow and develop. That's the way God works through prayer. Or maybe you're looking at a, a more of a fam family situation and you're looking at thinking, my goodness me, these people... My family, 
And then you begin to pray and say, God, I want to see restoration. God, I want to see breakthrough. God, I want to see you do things. And then we get testimonies back of the power of forgiveness as people begin to realize that as they forgive, they're set free and family relationships are restored. And people that haven't talked to each other for years begin to talk to each other and have a deep relationship. And people that have struggled with breakup in the family are now forgiving one another for the breakup in the family and restoring relationship. That's what happens when you begin to pray. All of you are facing difficult situations right now. All of you. I don't have to be prophetic to say that. I just look at your faces. We're people. We struggle with things. But every single thing that you're struggling with can be met with and overcome by prayer. Every single thing. And God wants you to be happy as well. He wants you to pray and see breakthrough, and he wants you to be happy. Just last week, um, Dudley was talking about something. He was talking about the living word, the power of the word that is declared, and how it has the power to change a situation. We know that famous verse, Hebrews 4, verse 12 and 13, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division between soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and the intents of the heart. See, the word of God is powerful and the word of God brings to us an understanding of some of the situation that we find ourselves in. See, we understand that we are weak spiritually if we are not seeing prayers answered. And I, it's, it's difficult sometimes to hear that, but there's something you can do about it. Just like there's something you can do about a poor physical condition, you can go outside and walk or start jogging or start lifting some light weights. You can do the same thing in the spiritual realm and start to see transformation in your life. There's only one way to get strong spiritually, and it's not by sitting on our backsides. It's by getting up and effectively implementing the tools that God has given for us to do. And that word of God will highlight to us certain things that perhaps need to be sharpened up or perhaps need to be attacked and taken on by faith. When you read the Bible, the Bible should be stirring you. It should be stirring you to do something about the situation you find yourself in. Do not be lazy about that situation. You find yourself in a situation of lack, get on your knees and believe God and pray it through and then go out there and do something with the faith that you've just got in your heart. If you're struggling with a a, a difficult situation, get on your knees and speak to that mountain and command for that mountain to move. Start to pray according to the word. But where does this fit in? uh, I'm trying to make it a bit specific in one, one area. Is that if we're lazy about applying the word of God, we should not be surprised by the consequences of what happened. If we're diligent about applying the word of God, we will be, we'll see our faith rewarded when we see the consequences of what happened. Sometimes we can get lazy because we've been taught as a society to look here and now, right now, what is going on right now, and that's all I'm going to focus on right now. So does it feel good to not do any exercise right now? Sure, it feels good. Does it feel good to eat the profiteroles, the chocolate sauce? Of course it feels good. Does it feel good to compromise a little bit, maybe with a little bit of temptation? Of course it feels good. Sin is delightful. That's why humans love doing it. But then let's think about the longer-term consequences. Let's think about the implications. Let's think about what God, what happens as a result of sowing to the wind. When you sow to the wind, you reap the whirlwind. When you sow to the things of God, you reap of the Spirit eternal life. Never assume 
that you can do things the same way you've always done them and expect to see different results. That's called insanity. So I want to just take a story out of the Bible to apply it to what I'm talking about so that you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, James 5, 16, 18 is a story, it's a reference to Elijah who prayed. And we'll also come back and look at that story where he prayed later on. But it's the reference where it says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now, you might think to yourself, Elijah, hardcore. I mean, that guy prayed, and the rains stopped. But I want to point you out to something, which is basically what I've just been referring to you to. Deuteronomy 11 and verse 15. Take care lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens, so that there will be no rain, and the land will yield no fruit, and you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving to you. Right here in Deuteronomy, we see what Elijah is praying about. Elijah finds himself in a situation where the king is an apostate, where he's leading the nation astray, where they're going deeper into Baal worship, Ahab and his wife Jezebel. They're leading the nation away from the living God to the point where it's almost fair to say that the whole nation was apostate from God. Elijah went so far as to think that he was the only Christian still left. God later informed him that he had 3,000 people that he hadn't allowed to bow the knee to Baal. But the nation was in a terrible state in context of relating to, the, to God. And so Elijah went back to the verse that was spoken of in Deuteronomy. He recognized the situation. This nation is apostate from God, and so he prayed according to the will of God, that the rains would stop in the heavens, that there would not be any rain. And for three and a half years, there was no rain. Now, in England, we can't imagine one and a half weeks without rain. Three and a half years without rain. This is what I mean, the word of God. This word was spoken some hundreds of years earlier out of the mouth of Moses at Mount Sinai somewhere between 1446 and 1406 BC. And some hundreds of years later, that word came into effect and the heavens held their reign for three and a half years. We are not just sitting in a situation where we're the beginning. We're sitting in the context of history and future, and we have a role to play in what that future looks like. I'll give you an example. A word over this house that's been spoken over this house is that the latter days would be greater than the former. That would be a great prayer to take and start to pray through and lay hold of God and see that verse fulfilled in the reality that has already been prophesied in, in, in the spiritual. But we can be lazy. We can leave it for the next generation. We can leave it for the other people to do. Another verse that uh, an, an elder in the 80s saw people coming in to KT through those doors with the words, hearers of the word on their forehead, and I'm walking out of the doors with the word doers of the word written on their forehead. There's a difference. 
Sitting and listening and actually doing. Sitting and listening and actually doing. So we're going to pray right now. I promised you at the beginning that we're going to pray. So we're going to pray. And we're going to pray to actually engage with the Spirit of God. Because if we're going to talk about effective fervent prayer, I want to connect you to the actual principle of praying. So what I want for you to do is to prepare your hearts to pray for five minutes in tongues. And if you don't pray in tongues, don't worry, but pray along out loud. What, five minutes? Yes, five minutes. Okay, Gabriel, I, I, I don't pray in tongues out loud outside of my own prayer closet. Well, indulge me today, if you'd be so kind. Oh, but, you know, but the person next to me, I don't know them. I don't want them to hear my tongue. I think my tongue sounds a bit weird. And I don't know if I agree with this whole praying in tongues in public thing anyway. And am I making it up? And oh, there's that thing I forgot to do. I was supposed to go pick up flowers. Oh. And then our brains go off wondering. And you know, five minutes, 30 seconds in, two, one, two minutes, I'm getting frustrated now. I'm getting distracted. And then we just started praying in tongues aimlessly. Look, everyone else is praying in tongues. So da 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 more consciously of him, and you'll start to have a faith and expectancy fill your heart, that's when you find that you're stirred up. So all I'm aiming for in this five minutes is to stir you up. Then we're going to do some more praying. Okay? Is that all right? So let's stand together. I'm not here to point at anyone who's not praying, okay? But if I say, why are you not praying, I'm probably talking about you if you're not praying. Okay? So let's pray five minutes, stir ourselves in tongues or in English or French or whatever if you don't speak in tongues, okay? But start to thank God, start to press in, start to thank Him for His presence, start to expect Him to do something, okay? Let's pray. Father, I pray for everyone, Lord, that even now you'd give them an insight an insight into the power of prayer, Lord, an insight into the power of praying in the Spirit. Lord, that you'd begin to release to them a revelation, Lord, in Jesus' name of the privilege that you have given us to pray and to seek the living God. Lord, I pray, Father, that you'd stir in the hearts of your people today faith, Lord God, a faith on the inside to believe you for the impossible, that you would stir in them a, a sure and certain knowledge 
that the things that they are praying about, that they would see you move and affect them in their lives. Lord, we praise you for a powerful breakthrough, a powerful breakthrough in their sense of the awareness of the presence of God. Lord, even as they're praying now, that they would be conscious of your spirit. They'd be conscious of your presence. They'd be conscious of what you're trying to do in their lives. Lord, begin to speak to them at a deep level in the things of the spirit. Begin to speak to them about the dreams that they've had. Begin to speak to them about the things that they have read in scripture that have spoken to their hearts. And Lord, that they've perhaps not focused on, but revive those things. Revive those things. Revive those things as fuel for prayer, Lord. As fuel for prayer, Lord. That's fuel for prayer, Lord. Start to see a breakthrough in their lives. Let's start to see a breakthrough in their prayer life, Lord. In Jesus' name. That's two minutes. Got three more minutes. Jesus, let's start to see a breakthrough, Lord. Let's start to see a breakthrough in those things we've been praying for, that we've been praying for, and that we've been praying for. Let's start to see a powerful anointing released, Father, in the, in the spirit of intercession. Lord, I pray, Father, for each person, Lord, that they would have an awakening of that sense of intercession, that burden of intercession, that burden to pray and seek you, that burden to see that situation tumble and fall. Lord, we pray you for the faith, Lord God, to lay hold, to lay hold of you, to lay hold of you. You are the God of the impossible. You are the God that can move mountains. You are the God that can stir our hearts and release us into new realms of the Spirit. Okay, don't give up there. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. You've got another two minutes. Keep laying hold of God. Keep laying hold of God. Don't let yourselves get distracted. Don't be thinking about other things or letting your mind wander to who, who's in here. Keep focusing on God. Jesus, <laughs> One more minute. She can my Akania Casa. Kira de Edishi, Kiramanamaya Tora Bre, Kinama City, Kiramana Sunto. Kira Rashur, Kora Bre, Mikia Bramanta. Kira Sara, Kiribiri, Sibresikin, the Kadiato Soda Bramatia Kacha. Kira Tara Kitty, the Kitty, Kashada Mayako. Kinda Sia Casora Bre, Sindia Kashinamatia Kashinde. Jesus, so Kiribimitia. Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. Take your seats. How, how did you go? How many of you felt God's presence while you're praying? How many of you felt like a real sense of engaging with something in prayer right there? Yeah? Good. How many of you just like bored and tired? Probably won't want to put your hands up. You guys can put, put your hands down. But that's a start. That's getting us stirred up. That's getting us engaged. Now, I want to build on this principle that I spoke about. Elijah, a man like us, same nature as us. Prayed a prayer that was effective and fervent. What that means is he saw fervency is to see something and to lay hold of God earnestly believing him. It does not mean entering into an ecstatic state or an anxious state of prayer or an apathetic state. It means a faith state. 
I believe God. I believe God, and I'm going to lay hold of this word. I'm going to hold on to it because I believe that something's going to happen. Effective means it gets the job done. It gets the job done. Now think about that then. Elijah took a word from God, took a word out of Scripture, and prayed it effectively and fervently, so much so that the heavens were closed for three and a half years. No rain. What the Bible is seeking to communicate to us in this passage is that we too can pray and see the same kinds of results. We can see the same kinds of results in salvation, in, in people, getting, uh, people getting healed, in situations breaking out, in relationships being restored, in families being made whole again, saying that the scripture can be used effectively to do those things, right? And so we wanna begin to move towards taking the word of God and praying it through effectively to see the power of God released. Now, this is part of the core strategy of the church. All of you need to have one. I'll say it that strongly, need to have one. You can download it from the website and have it on, on your iPad, or you can have it in your hand, but you need to have one of these so that you can be aware of what is going on in the church and what we're praying about. There is a day-to-day -day prayer strategy to, to align yourselves in prayer, and I can guarantee you, if you got up each morning and said, God, I'm gonna pray according to these verses that they've given and these agendas that they've given, you will find that there is an anointing to pray for that. And you'll be joining with thousands of people right across the network praying effectively about these key issues, okay? You need to have one of these. Can I just ask, um, Theo, can you please pull that string on the curtain because it seems to be giving some people some problems. Um, so there's some information in there about prayer, but I want to highlight to you the strategy on page 19, which we're gonna do, and then we're gonna take some verses and use them as effective prayer fuel for our situations, okay? And the strategy here is called the ACTS strategy. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, ACTS. All of us know the Acts of the Apostles, okay? But I want us to do this effectively, and we're gonna pray, and I'm gonna read a verse to you which hopefully will stir up in you adoration, and I want you to pray out some adoration to the Lord. And then I'm gonna read some verses to you on confession, which I hope will stir you to bring confession before the Lord, and then thanksgiving, and then supplication. But I'm gonna explain a bit about each one, okay? So I want you prepared to pray. I believe that God is gonna show you something today in how to pray, okay? Not with the way I'm praying, but with what he's doing with you under the power of and anointing of these words, okay? So Acts, let me read this to you. Adoration, Psalm 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength, because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. This is a picture of the glory of God. 
in creation, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who has positioned us where he has, that is solely an act of the grace of God. We don't deserve it. But because of his goodness, because of his grace. So why don't you just for a few moments turn your hearts in adoration towards the Lord and say, God, I'm just amazed at who you are. I'm amazed at what you do. I'm amazed at the way that you think, that you have set your glory over the heavens, and yet you've revealed yourself to us. Turn your heart towards the Lord in adoration right now. Do you feel that there's praise stirring up in your heart, honoring the Lord? Okay, let's move on to confession. There's two sides to confession. It's really important to highlight this. Sometimes we stumble at this. Proverbs 28, 13, he who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There are times when we need to come and confess to the Lord. Now, this is not confession to keep and restore, retain our salvation. Our salvation is secured in the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. Look at other messages on salvation by grace if you want a full of treatment of that. But we know that there are sins that we commit which lead to relational breakdown with our Father in heaven and can lead us to stop hearing His voice and stop being attentive in the things of the Spirit. We need to confess those things. Sometimes we need to confess them to people that we are close with, our friends who will encourage us to keep pursuing Jesus, sometimes in our cell groups, sometimes one-on-one with God. But there's a a bit of a a matrix there that you can apply. It's important to keep that at the core of keeping a fresh relationship with the Lord. But then there is also another side of confession which we need to take equally strongly, if not further. Matthew 10, 32, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. 1 John 4:15. whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, abide, God abides in him and he in God. 1 Timothy 6:12. fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The one side, confessing our shortcomings where we've let God down, where we failed him, but then the other side, confessing who we belong to, confessing that Jesus is our savior, confessing that we are righteous because of him, confessing that he has taken us out of the pit and he's placed us in the firm hand of God and there's nothing that can strip us out of God's hands. That's a confession. That's the confession that I want to make. Amen? Are you with me? Do you get what I'm saying? Confess whose you are now. So right where you are, just spend a few moments. If there's things you need to bring bring before the Lord, bring them before the Lord. But I also want you to confess that over your life. I am a child of God. 
I belong to Jesus Christ. I am righteous in him. Confess it as part of your confession today, and you'll begin to see it stirring in your heart. Right where you are, a couple of minutes. Lord, we confess that we're yours. Lord, wherever we might find ourselves and the things we're struggling with, we want to make a declaration today that your blood has saved us. Your blood has washed us. We now belong to the Lord Jesus, and we are owned by God. We are called sons and daughters. You identify with us. You do not um, cast us out. You do not throw us by the wayside, but you call us your sons and daughters. And we make that confession whenever the enemy comes to bring his lies, his deceptions, his accusations. We make that confession that we are bought by the precious blood of Jesus, and there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Absolutely nothing. Amen? Are you guys praying fervently? Are you praying as if you believe in God? Are you sure? Only you know, okay? You and God know. T, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, almost High to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work, and I will triumph in the works of your hands. O Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. Psalm 92, verse 1, 2, 4, and 5. And then 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Gratitude is one of the essential things that we need in the life of a Christian, to be grateful to God. See, if ever you've known somebody to say thank you to you, you want to do it all over again. If they say thank you for, thank you for helping me out, the next time they ask, dude, no worries. What do you need? But somebody doesn't say thank you, the next time they call you, uh, I'm washing my hair. See you. Same thing with God. I mean, gratitude towards God, thanking God, moves him, moves him to continue to sow into our lives. See, it's recognizing who he is. So just take a moment, thank God for the last big thing and the last small thing that he did. Maybe he gave you a job, but then maybe he also caused the bus to turn up on time. Maybe he restored a relationship, but maybe he also caused you to find that fiver that you needed to get home or buy lunch. Whatever it is, thank him for the big thing and the small thing right now. Okay, then finally, supplication. And I want to talk to you really quickly about this idea of supplication. 
We talked about Elijah. We'll keep focusing on Elijah. Elijah prayed according to the will of God. The nation was apostate. He took God's revelation. He prayed it into being. He saw the heavens stopped up. And then three and a half years later, he prayed again, and those heavens opened, and the rains fell on the earth. Now, you might think there was a bit nasty of Elijah to pray in the first place, but he needed to pray that prayer because the nation had wandered far from God. And they, this was a, a revelation of God's care and compassion and love towards these people because he was seeking to reveal himself so that he might draw them back unto himself. The consequence of this situation was that the whole nation restored their hearts towards God and they destroyed all of the Baal worship and they turned towards the one true living God. So it seemed like it was a crazy three and a half years. I can imagine Elijah having mothers coming to him saying, my child is dying, family members passing away, people in deep deprivation and desperation and him thinking, what in heaven's name have I prayed this for? But the result of that prayer was to bring a nation back to God. I make that point because whatever season you find yourself in, there has an appointed end for that season. There is an appointed end for it. And you have in your hands the ability to pray through the change of season into the new season. You have that with you because God has given you the spirit and he's given you his word and his promises. And it's for you to take those words and promises and pray through to see transformation. I know some of you are here struggling. I know some of you are here waiting for God to do something. Second Chronicles 7 says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land and send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Maybe you might not be living in sin. Maybe you are living in sin and need to deal with it. Maybe you might not be uh, walking away from God. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you're not praying. It says, if you'll humble, myself, humble yourselves and pray and seek the face of God and turn from your sin. So if you're in sin, turn from your sin. If you're not praying, pray. But whatever you do, that season is going to come to an end and you're going to see God's faithfulness restored to you. Amen? So I want us to pray for these last four or five minutes, longer if you want to pray, for, pray longer, but I want to give you some verses. Maybe some of you are out there believing God for family salvation, for relationship restoration, for things to change in your home situations. In Malachi 4, verse 5 and 6, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So let's pray that God would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers if you're believing God for a restoration of a broken family. If you're wanting to see God move, the, uh, move in people's lives so that their hearts would be softened, that they would understand the gospel, John 12. Pray that God would open their eyes and soften their hearts, that they would see with their eyes and understand with their hearts and turn so that God would heal them. Maybe you are praying you're facing sickness or disease of some kind. When it says in John 11 verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified through it. I believe there's something on that verse. We just had a testimony last week from a church member who got that word when her father got a stroke and prayed her father through and he's recovered 100% from that stroke. These sicknesses are not unto death, but that God might be glorified in them. 
Household salvation says in Acts 16, 30, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Stand on that word. You've believed. Now believe God for your family to get saved. Maybe you're wondering about the next steps, what you should do next with your life, what decision you should make. Well, then take God's word about wisdom. Take God's word about understanding and pray. A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his step. Pray, God, direct my steps. Psalm 119, direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. God, direct my steps and let me not be deceived by sin. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Pray out that word, your word is a lamp unto my path, and then see how God shows you the right decision to take and the right way to go. Maybe you're saying, God, I need to, 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 to prosper. I've been on the, on the bread line for so long. I need to prosper. Then turn to Deuteronomy 8.18. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he might establish his covenant, which he's sworn to your fathers. Take that word and pray it through. There's something in that for all of you. Amen? Did some of you catch on to something there? Did you catch on to something? Because I want you to stand up, and we're going to spend some few minutes supplication now. This is praying for the will of God to be revealed in our life. Gabriel, I, uh, I'm just still waiting for my Mercedes. Pray about something bigger than a, f- a flaming Mercedes. At least believe God for a Ferrari. Let's start a pray. Take whatever you're facing right now, whatever thing you're believing God for, and take a word that I've just shared. Sickness that it's not unto death, but for the glory of God, provision for the provision of God, or direction for the lamp that His word would be a lamp unto your feet. Take that verse and start to pray it through. I can't hear you. You think heaven heaven can hear you? Start to stir yourself. Start to reach out by faith. Start to lay hold of God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person here right now that is struggling with sickness, Father. And Lord, I thank you that this sickness is not unto death, but it is so that the glory of God would be revealed in their lives. And Father, right now, I speak your glory over them, Father. I speak a word of healing over their bodies, Father. I command restoration, Lord, that the sickness that they're struggling with would be turned around in the name of Jesus, and there'd be a, a, a powerful reviving of the Spirit in their bodies, that you'd bring life into their mortal bodies, and that they would step forth in strength in the name of Jesus. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. You guys were praying strong maybe 20 minutes ago. Get back there. Get back there. That was supposed to be the foundation. That was supposed to be where we started. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. In Jesus' name. Imagine how Elijah prayed about that verse. He said, God, stop up the heavens. Stop up the heavens. These people are apostates. Stop up the heavens. Whatever you're praying about, start to pray as if you expect God to do something about it. Start to pray with faith. Start to pray with that word in your heart, filling your heart, laying hold of him. Pray it through, pray it through, pray it through. Lord, my family members, they are not lost. I have believed, and I believe that me and my family, my household, shall be saved in the name of Jesus. And I speak that over every person here, that them and their households will be saved in the name of Jesus. Them and their people would be saved in the name of Jesus. Start to pray it through, start to pray it through, start to pray it through in Jesus' name. Guys, you got to pray this to the point of breakthrough, okay? you got to pray this to the point of breakthrough. Pray as if you want to see it answered today. 
Prayer as if you want to see it answered right now. Prayer as if your life depends on it. God, we want to see you break through. We want to see you break through. Lord, the people that are struggling with what to do with their lives, the next steps to take. I thank you that your word is a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. And Lord, that they can trust you as they walk, Father, in that path and as they walk in that way. And Lord, I pray that for each one you'd give them a word, that you'd give them an understanding that is not of deception, that is led by the Lord and would lead them to make healthy, scripturally-based decisions that are grounded in your word. And Lord, that they would see prosperity as a result of walking with you, as following with you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, pray until he broken through, pray until he broken through. Pray until he's broken through, because I know your faces, you'll just start a smile, you'll feel th- something change, you'll know that it's accomplished. Pray it, pray it, pray it, pray it, pray it, pray it, come on, pray it, pray it. Jesus. Jesus. Father, release us into that next level of faith to lay hold of you, that faith expectancy to lay hold of you this afternoon, to believe you this afternoon, to see something shift in the spirit this afternoon in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for every person Lord, that they're going to see something change, that they see something change, and it's going to stir their spirits, it's going to stir their faith, it's going to stir them to lay hold of you, Father. Do something fresh in their hearts and in their prayer life. Do something so that they see the power of prayer for themselves, so that they see the effectiveness of fervent prayer for themselves, Lord, so that they would see that they worship a living God who who hears the prayer of His people, who answers the prayer of His people. Father, direct them, direct them, direct them in Jesus' name. Okay, I believe that you will see something change, 100%. Go looking for what God has done and then just identify it and keep praying it through until you see it completely changing, okay? But God's going to start to move things in your favor where it's completely against before, where family members were not interested in the gospel. They'll be willing to talk. Where, you're, where you've just got knocked back for every single job you've applied for, they'll call you for interviews, okay? Start to pray those things through. If you're, if you're facing a, a decision where the doctors have said, you're, you're, that's it, you're, you're going to be suffering, don't accept it. Believe God. Keep believing God. Keep believing God. Now, go to them. Don't stop going to your doctor, but keep believing God that he's going to do something mighty in your life and that the doctor will have to tell you, you know what, you don't need to do this anymore because God's done something in your life, right? That's the way to appro- right way to approach it. But believe God for something to shift in your situation. Amen? Remember... Acts prayer, Acts prayer. Let's give the Lord a big praise offering. Amen. God bless. I hope you got something out of today's practical session, but that's for you to take home and in your personal prayer time, keep praying it through, keep praying it through to see God do something in your life. And join with the vision of the church to pray and raise up concerted prayer over the house. Bruce is going to be here at the 5 o'clock this evening. Colin Dye is going to be ministering at our Holy Spirit service on healing. So do join us. It's going to be a great, great time in the Spirit tonight. God bless you. Have a great week. Last time to sign up for Living Free Mastering Leadership. And next week, we'll be talking about the gifts of the Spirit here in the service. God bless you.